welcome to another episode of Home in the Know. I am the silky-skinned Selena. Ooh. And I'm the cow clover. The cow clover. Bitch, I'm a cow. Um, This is another special holiday edition of Home in the Know. We just had Thanksgiving. Wow, what a day to remember. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was good food. So many memories. That gourmasabzi. I yeah. ate the whole thing. I ate the whole thing. No, you didn't. I did. <laughs> I ate all of it. I literally ate all of it the night before before anything. And when they woke up and found there was no gourmasabzi left, I was uh, beaten with a stick. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my Thanksgiving. Anyway. Um. <laughs> traumatic, as it should be. Um, all Thanksgivings from now on should be traumatic to commemorate what really happened, which was the treacherous pilgrims making fake deals with the natives that they reneged on and murdered everybody genocide. Okay. Happy Thanksgiving, you guys. Um, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, so this is a special, special holiday, holiday edition of uh, Ho and No, and so we are doing things a little bit differently. We are doing more stories. I'd like to take this moment to remind everyone that um, that I'm black and Puerto Rican, so <laughs> just so you all remember, in case you were imagining something else, just remember to imagine that. <laughs> okay, so let's keep going. Keep that in say? mind. Um, <laughs> I'm also black and Puerto Rican with a dash of that Creole, which is a combination of black and other things. So remember and picture that whenever you're listening to this recording because it is integral to the listening experience. Yeah. Along with our other ASMR things, like the rustle of my jacket. And like whenever occasionally I'm going to make this sound. Whenever I occasionally am like... Just kidding. (laughs) I click my mouth. I might do a little like... You hear the... This has been a segment called ASMR Hose. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed it, and we hope that you immediately fell asleep because it hit that perfect frequency that just... I hope you didn't stop listening because of my mouth noises. <laughs> I know some people hate that. Some people do, and those people are me. I <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I am a sucker for all ASMR. I'm like, give me those mouth noises. Give me those uh, whatever the... That's so funny. I also really like when there are just really weird scenarios on ASMR. <laughs> oh, like, um, I remember watching one of a uh, woman uh, washing somebody's hair, like, oh, yeah, shampooing somebody's hair. That's pretty regular. There was, like, the one that was, like, um, you're you're caught in, like, the mean boy in this boarding school's room, <laughs> and he starts, like, showing you all of the things he's stolen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like um, the... ASMR versions of RuPaul Drag Race fights. Oh, oh my god, yeah, ASMR versions of just, like, reality TV generally, where they're (laughs) fighting is so good. (laughs) Honestly, so iconic. You're a bitch, and I fucking hate you, bitch. Why have you hadn't stolen my salad the other night? Don't fucking talk to me in front of my salad. (laughs) 
Exactly like that. Um, so this is historical hoes. Actually, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Once again. What we just uh, <laughs> This is How in the Know, a podcast about sex work. This is by who, sex who workers for sex workers. <laughs> this is who in the know. <laughs> um, you may have realized that it's just me and Clover. We don't have a guest. There are no ghosts this time. No ghosts. <laughs> not ghosts of turkeys. Hmm. Not ghosts of native peoples who were cruelly taken advantage of by... Which were also not present last time. They were also <laughs> never there was, present. There was no one here. <laughs> we had no one here. <laughs> there was nobody but us. Literally, it's it's a lonely world it's at a, the top. It's definitely much lonelier at the top. I know Drake would disagree, but... Oh wait, is that not what that song's about? Um, wait, did he, he make a song about? He says like at, uh, the at the top it is in lonely. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, that was my Drake impression. I hope you all appreciate it. <laughs> that was it. pretty good. It was iconic. He was like, uh, there was like a line where he was like, oh wait, it's <laughs> not even a line. That's just the whole song. He's like, started from the bottom. <laughs> No, that's a different era of Drake. That's a very different era. That's early, early proto-Drake. Look, I... Okay, aside from being horribly uneducated, (laughs) I am also just, like, not a Drake fan because of all of his, like, weird pedophilia things. Oh, like Millie Bobby Brown and stuff. And, like, whenever he made out with that 17-year-old on stage, I don't know if that was ever like alleged or real but it was like how old are you 17 and then they made out hmm um so yeah i wonder about that too i don't know you know what i'm glad that we have me too and we have people being um extra stringent on in how they keep an eye on celebrities and what they do and uh whenever they're doing things that could possibly be grooming because we do not need more r kelly's in this mm-hmm. fucking world. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So, um, I referenced Drake, and um, that's that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, and I don't condone Drake. It's just sometimes... His I mean, he's so influential. He's, like, one of the top artists right now. Sometimes his lines just, like, really encapsulate a mood. Yeah. No, I mean, and the thing is, is, like, when Drake comes on, I'm not, like, turn this off either. I don't know, because, like, people are very, people passionately like Drake, too. People do quite passionately. I'm not like one of Drake, those, except for Tyler the Creator fans. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> okay. Um. So, so there was like a supposed to be a secret guest for Camp Flogna, Tyler the Creator's like annual um, festival, and everybody thought it was going to be Frank Ocean, and then guess who shows up? <laughs> Drake. <laughs> And guess what happened? That's right, he was booed off of stage. Oh my god, what? (laughs) Yeah, he made it through half of his set, and Tyler's fans were not having it. They were like, where the fuck is Frank? Oh my god. And Drake was like, y'all want me to continue? And like half the crowd was like, uh, sure. And then the other half was like, boo, get the fuck out of here. Oh my god. So he left early. (laughs) Wow, that's crazy. (laughs) So I hope that makes you feel better. 
Oh, and f- okay, so this is my stance on, because um, I know that people are like, well, you should separate the artist from the art, and I guess I don't particularly like that just because, like, I've been sexually assaulted, and, like, um, both of the people who raped me were, like, um, were musicians, and mm-hmm. it just, like, it would piss me the fuck off if they were, like, really famous, and, like, people were like, oh, they raped this person and then well mm-hmm. it's fine like let's continue to like stand them and then I just had to hear them they're like well we pirate their music like yeah <laughs> I don't know so that's just how I feel about it yeah definitely I mean it's like you just have to believe survivors and um, not just separate artists from their art I think it's hard I mean of course like I definitely have some problematic faves. I think we all do. Yeah. But um, we should definitely do our best and due diligence to um, be good allies. (laughs) I'm looking at the spelling of in the note. It's nice. Huge. Hoeks in the nukes. In the nukes. <laughs> uh, not to dog so, on you, that's good. <laughs> welcome to an episode of Hukes in the Nukes. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, every episode we begin our episode with a segment <laughs> called Historical Hose. guys it's like very informal and i'm very giggly <laughs> i'll stop too. giggling right now well it's because it's uh it's just us it's just us kids in here it's just, just us kids two wild and crazy kids over at the wild recording studio crazy girls oh taking off that boys. little jacket eh getting steamy as you get more giggly yes okay. i've taken off my jacket so i will make fewer noises in here yeah. um because you don't deserve asmr <laughs> actually you do we love you so much okay so historical hose so this week i have a lovely historical hoe about the notorious lizzie lape so um most of what we know about lizzie lape came as a result of some sleuthing by her great great granddaughter deborah lape who published a book in 2014 titled Looking for Lizzie, the true story of an Ohio madam, her sporting life, and hidden legacy. So, Lizzie Lape was born Amy Elizabeth Rogers in Kentucky before the Civil War, and she was the daughter of Pryor and Cynthia Whitman Rogers of Williamsburg, Kentucky. So she's a very deep south kind of woman. Uh, she was the granddaughter of a Revolutionary War veteran named James Rogers. Wait, what's the time frame for this again? Like, years? Um, I want to say 1800s. Okay, because that's what I was kind of imagining. So this is like post-bellum. It's not antebellum. Ante is before. Yeah. Okay, so it's after. it's after the Civil War. The South has lost... Uh, to paint a time frame, Southerners are very upset and poor, and um, poor. poor. They're very poor, <laughs> and uh, a lot of people are leaving the South, looking for opportunities um, to leave their shameful, shameful 
past. Uh, they're mm. full of so much shame. Actually, they're not full of shame. They're just full of upset. They're just full of very upset that they lost the war, and they're so they're very sour about it. Mm. And um, so Lizzie left the South, and she moved up to Ohio. So Lizzie Rogers was married eight times, including to one of her best customers, although his name was omitted from most articles that I could find. Mm. Actually, all articles I could find. So I got my info from Wiki, and that was mostly an amalgamation of um, just articles taken from the book written by her great-granddaughter, Deborah Lape. So... Lizzie, married eight times. She married uh, Jeremiah Lape, George Huffman, Jack uh, Larzellery, Harry DeWitt, and Jack DeWitt. And I think that that was like a son and a father. So I think she married within the uh, the same family twice. Wow. I guess the gene pool was appealing. Pretty hot, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Charles Vion, James Shetler, and John France. So, uh, as obscure as she would become, Lizzie, and get ready for it, this is a super long name, <laughs> Lizzie Rogers Lape Huffman Lazarly DeWitt DeWitt Vion Shelter France <laughs> set an early precedent in the U.S. court system on behalf of entrepreneurial women. Wait, so was that her legal full name or did you just put every last name there or? um i saw this in an article and i wonder <laughs> if she kept it that way i so she ran into a lot of legal issues as we will soon find out uh, so i it might have been useful for her to keep all of her f- surnames all of her former surnames can we like think up an outfit for some reason i'm imagining her in like an sort of like uh, Amish or like what is it called? She's um, like a. I, I imagine her as like you know the Western woman. She's got like a bonnet, and she's got like. Oh, is it kind of like in that got, American Gothic painting? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much like bloomer. She's got a big, puffy cotton skirt. It's not that puffy actually. It's it's very modest, all the way to the ground probably. Mm-hmm. Longer. Um, she's got. She's got all kinds of other petticoat stuff on top of that. Probably wears an apron most of the time. Maybe not. Mm. I mean, she was an entrepreneurial businesswoman. Um, Glasses? Plain looking. I actually do have a picture of her that I could pull up if you're interested. I am super interested. Um, She's very, like, plain Jane. I'm imagining White lady from... I'm literally imagining the the American gothic lady at this point. Um, You know what? Not too far off. Okay, she could have been the person that they would, like, desire to paint for that. Like, she doesn't look like her, but she could have been in the painting. Yeah, so... In my um, opinion. Okay, so, because I didn't include the dates before, she was uh, born August 15th, 1853. And I think she died 1917, sometime after Thanksgiving. Who was the president? Sometime after Thanksgiving. Wow, this is perfect. Could it be any more perfect? It could not. <laughs> so, what coincidences, or are they? Or are they? I was totally planning this because I was like, you know what's perfect? A historical hoe who lived and died on Thanksgiving. Lived and died yep. on Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> she did it all one Thanksgiving. One day. <laughs> um, okay. So. 
Uh, so she set a precedence in the U.S. court system on behalf of entrepreneurial women. So she was sued in Akron, Ohio for child support, which was pretty rare at that time. Hmm. Um, and uh, she had, I think she had like a single son. I'm not sure if she had multiple children. Um, a little unsure on that. But anyway, so in her son's trust, it included the white prison property. And... Uh, the proceeds and trustee uh, was the ex-mayor of Akron, Lorenzo Dow Waters, who she would later hire as her own attorney. So that's interesting. Mm. Why? What is White Pigeon, you might ask? Well, it is one of her many brothels. Oh. So Lizzie Lape was a notorious brothel owner um, and madam. So... Mm. And also to think that the ex-mayor of Akron, Ohio, was, like, handling her stuff on the yeah, side. That's an extra level. Who was she paying off? Answer, probably everyone. <laughs> Crazy. Um, so after leaving Kentucky and moving out to Ohio, Lizzie Lape was the first brothel owner in Marion County, Ohio, to be sued by the state of Ohio. Um, as a test of the new Wynn Law, which targeted liquor sales in houses of ill repute. So another example of how uh, sex work establishments are constantly facing various uh, um, non-sex work-related legal tactics to break them down and shut them down and all of that. Okay, so wait, she just got sued for like selling liquor in her house? Uh, so yes, for selling liquor at her brothels. Okay. Or the houses of ill repute, as they are referred to in these articles. Uh, so My house is the house of ill <laughs> <laughs> Another tattoo. <laughs> right above my butthole. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Lizzie lawyered up with an aggressive legal defense, and she won this and many other court cases. So she owned and operated... Um, uh, so, sorry, Lizzie Lape owned and directed the operations of her brothel, White Pigeon of Marion, Akron, uh, Marion, Ohio, for over 20 years. And she owned slash operated other brothels and saloons in Dayton, Ohio, Lima, Marion, Akron, Stowe, and Shelby. Hmm. Did you count how many that was? No. That was six different places in five different counties. Oh, my God. Uh, and some of them simultaneously including uh, the White Pigeon of both Marion and Shelby. So there were two locations for White Pigeon. Also, side note, I really like the idea of si of uh, White Pigeon as a brothel name. I was really just about to comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's sensual. Mm -hmm. Or is it? Pigeons is are kind it? of like They're gross. Not. Pigeons like, are kind of just like the the rats of birds. They are. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like watching a video of like a pigeon pretending to be a chicken. <laughs> oh my god, so cute. Okay, I say that, but um, I mean it in the most loving way because I actually love pigeons. My school had a pigeon club, actually, and we had um, a big pigeon community because wow. of it. Um, I like to imagine that it was like just a, a way to say that you guys were and like that we didn't vulnerable have a to scams problem oh oh no like you're a fucking pigeon you know like i'm about to scam you you pigeon oh wow <laughs> you're just like oh, we had a pigeon problem a pigeon infestation problem nope Okay, so through her many divorces, she was sued by husbands who wanted to take, to take ownership of her various brothels and properties she was accumulating. So, 
sorry, I just wanted to say that I also really like rats. Like, so, um, so I, I'm. <laughs> You're a friend to the vermin. <laughs> <laughs> Clover friend to the vermin. <laughs> okay, awesome. <laughs> So, like, every time they sued her, they were testing this new bit of uh, legislation called the Married Women's Property Act. Um, So, what is the Married Women's Property Act? This was a thing that kind of happened in multiple places, um, all former uh, British colonies. So, under the common law doctrine known as uh, coverture, a married woman in British North American colonies and later in the United States had hardly any legal existence apart from her husband. Her rights and obligations were subsumed under his. She could not own property, enter into contracts, or earn a salary. An unmarried woman, a femme soleil, on the other hand, had the right to own property and make contracts in her own name. So ever over several decades, beginning in 1839, statutes that enabled women to control real and uh, property, personal property entered into contracts and lawsuits. So in, inherit, in, they were able to enter contracts and lawsuits, inherit independently of their husbands, work for a salary, and write wills. Um, so, yeah, they were finally granted those rights. Uh, hooray for that. So the first law was in the first of such laws was in Mississippi, uh, which in 1839 granted married women the right to own, but not control. You calm down; they can't control <laughs> it. Property in their own name. Weird. So Maine and Maryland did likewise in 1840. In 1842, New Hampshire allowed married women to own and manage property in their own name during the incapacity of their husband, um, but only then. Okay. Only if their husbands were completely incapacitated, hmm. which hmm. seems like a predicament. It seems like a reason to incapacitate your seems husband. Seems like a reason to incapacitate your husband, indeed. And uh, Kentucky did the same in 1843. So, uh, yeah. So usually concerns for family integri- or integrity and protecting a household from economic crises rather than a liberal conception of the role of women in society motivated these changes. So change came in piecemeal fashion. As of late 1867, a decision of the Supreme Court of Illinois in Cole v. Van Ripper noted that it is simply impossible that a married woman should be able to control and enjoy her property as if she were soleil, without, partic- without practically leaving her at liberty to annul the marriage. <laughs> it's it's impossible for a woman to own property because why would she stay with the man? Good question. So according to one analysis, the legislation came in three phases, allowing married women to own property and then to keep their income and then to engage in business and advanced more quickly in the West, uh, exactly like female suffrage did. Okay. So we are in the West for this story. We are in Ohio, and this legislation passed through a bit faster than it did um, eastward. So uh, Lizzie had some legal precedent and ability to maintain her properties and her businesses. So why do we care about Lizzie? Well, one of the best-known 
stories about Lizzie is her odd connection to our former president, Warren G. Harding. Wow. I know. Whomst? Whomst? You might know Warren G. Harding from not knowing him at all. <laughs> um, sidebar, I really couldn't tell you anything about Warren G. Harding. He's the 29th president of the U.S., Wow, how did you know that, Clover? I looked over on your paper. Wow, so he was the 29th president of the United States. He was... St- there was a single state at that time. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, but um, he was he was a president. He oh. looks like an angry bird. Oh, he looks kind of like... You know that actor that's like... Um, he was in Freaky Friday, and he was the guy that was being married. The one that has Lindsay Lohan. Um, I don't know, really. Okay, well, so looks like that. So uh, Harding lived in rural Ohio all of his life, except when poli- whenever he took office. Um, so he was a young man. Did he die out in or Marion, Ohio? Really fast, or did he serve his term? No, he. Um, I think he served his whole term. President Harding. That doesn't yeah, even sound like something I've he, ever heard in my life. Except I sure, I sure did because of Nickelodeon back in the day. Um, I mean, Washington he... Washington Adams. I like four times. Then another George Bush. That's every president we had so far. That's, That's every single one. one. Um, Yeah, so he uh, released political prisoners who had been arrested for their opposition to World War I. Uh, There were still people alive. He had Herbert Hoover at the Department of Commerce. Hoover. 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 Um, He died of a heart attack in San Francisco while on a Western tour and was succeeded by Vice President Calvin Coolidge. Actually, did he die early? Yeah, he died early. So he he died after two years in office. Yeah, I thought that he was the president who died. Well, there are several. Yeah, so he he died quite early. Um, Did you know, like that, on the list of worst presidents ever, Trump isn't at the bottom, but he does come after the president that died. Like, okay, apparently there was a president who um, he gave such a long um, inauguration speech that he got pneumonia and died. <laughs> Like straight after. That's so funny. <laughs> is he is he ranked above like um, Andrew Jackson? He's ranked above Reagan, Nixon. I think maybe. Really over Nixon? I'm maybe surprised. not. Maybe not. Because um, it seems like he's done pretty much everything that Nixon did, but a little bit. Oh, more Donald stupidly. Trump or Donald I, Trump? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think he is above those awful ones somehow. Huh. Anyway, um, side note about Harding, sworn in March 4th, 1921. In the presence of his wife and father, Harding preferred a low-key inauguration without the customary parade, (laughs) uh, leaving only the swearing-in ceremony and a brief reception at the White House. In his inaugural address, he declared, quote, Our most dangerous tendency is to expect too much from the government and at the same time too little to do too little for it. Huh. After the election, Harding had announced he was going on vacation <laughs> and that no decisions about appointments would be made until he returned to Marion in December. 
Okay. So from March until December. <laughs> what? He was on vacation. What? He, he was, was like, uh, people expect too much from the government. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. I'm going on vacation. So if he, you all want to get stuff done, do it yourself. Okay. Peace. Perfect. He went to Texas where he fished and played golf with his friend, Frank Scobie soon to be director of the Mint, and then... Presidents and their fucking golf adventures. Right, and then took a ship for the Panama Canal. And, what is uh, it about being rich that makes you want to do that? Yeah, so he went back to Washington where he was given a hero's welcome when Congress opened in early December as the first sitting senator to be elected to the White House. So I guess that's his accomplishment, first sitting senator to be elected to the White House. Um, so yeah, so he did... Just, he really didn't do that much, and he's not that notable. Okay. Is oh. what this article is telling me about him. That, so, but um, he was born, uh, for context, so Our Lady... Okay, wait, that article that I said, it's the list of best presidents, and those are the ones at the bottom. It's not oh, the list of worst presidents. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah. All right, so, um, Warren Harding, born 1865... Our particular historical hoe, born 1853. So uh, there was the overlap, just to clarify. So back to our historical hoe, Lizzie. So she's best known for her odd connection to Warren Harding. Did she actually go by Lizzie in the 1800s? She did, like Lizzie McGuire. (laughs) She was early Lizzie McGuire. Shout out to the reboot of that. Anyway. (laughs) Um, So Harding worked as a newspaper editor and staged a hoax upon a rival editor, Vaughn, at Lizzie's most famous bordello, the White Pigeon. Harding was able to coax Vaughn into the brothel and then have the police perform a raid, causing a great deal of embarrassment for the gentleman. (laughs) He was very embarrassed. Oh my god. It is believed that Mr. Harding was well acquainted with Lizzie's houses and may have visited her red boot her red bird saloon (laughs) i like that she has this theme of birds Birds. yeah (laughs) lizzie the bird lady um (laughs) so lizzie was able to hold on to her properties despite multiple lawsuits and she never lost her houses and ultimately retired on her own terms Her trail ran cold when she purposefully and possibly strategically made a publicity-laden religious conversion in two city newspapers. Her business (laughs) retirement made it much harder for anyone to discover the rest of the story. Oh. Yeah, so she was like, you know what? I'm Christian now, and that's the end of that. (laughs) Get off my ass. (laughs) Okay. Easy. I know I ran a bunch of brothels for years, but <laughs> now I'm a Christian, and so you can just forget about that and oh. all of the taxes that I probably never paid. Touching. So in 2014, March 2014, actress Mary Kathleen Tripp portrayed Madame Lizzie for the first time in a local history event called, quote, Night at Heritage Hall in Marion, Ohio, sponsored annually by the Marion County Historical Society. And that is the interesting and sordid history of our post-war brothel-owning Madam Lizzie Lape. Oh, I was hoping... Oh, oh, sorry. Lizzie Rogers, Lape Huffman, Lazarelay, DeWitt, DeWitt, Vion, Shetler, France. Good. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad I know about that one. Right? It was definitely very important to know about that one. 
honestly, it, I, I mean, I was really interested in, and uh, maybe my last historical hose name was pronounced Lice. Maybe it was Lice. Okay, anyway. <laughs> lice is maybe a bit less sexy. Than Lice? Than Loose? What, what did you say? L-A-I-S. I said than lace. lace. I said Lace, and it might be Lice. L-A-I-S. So, lice, lice, lice. Okay, you guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed that historical hoe segment. And because it is a special, special holiday special, um, we're back to talk more about some issues that have been really uh, getting my goose. Oh, we have issues to talk about. We have issues to talk about. Which ones? Because I had issues. So, what are you talking about? You go for one. It's your turn. Oh, okay. Um, well, I have several. Okay. I just, okay, let's like pick Start from the one. variety. Okay. okay. So the use of the word ho. Yes. Oh, yes. Commonly when people are like, it's ho Monday or like, uh, like. I'm on I'm my just, ho shit. Yeah. I have my ho phase. Yeah. Having I'm my an, ho phase. I'm That's an art popular. ho. <laughs> yeah. Art ho. Yeah. It's, it's definitely. Ho up. Let's ho up. Let's ho up. Yeah, it's definitely within our um, casual vernacular societally to misuse ho and whore by by people who are not sex workers. Because that's a word that's still those are words still used uh, against sex workers. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's a complicated issue because ho is definitely this word that is like deeply owned by black women mm-hmm. specifically as part of like the whole hypersexualization and um just othering that takes place i feel like whenever non-black people do it it's several layers of appropriation it's, yeah whenever non-black people do it it's just extra cringe yeah. um but it's complicated, so... Also, I've been seeing people just casually saying horror, too. Really? Yeah. Um, just, like, trending, because people are saying, like, slut and all of that. I've also seen horror a lot lately. Yeah, there's casually. been, like, this reappropriation of, like, of words, like, pejorative terms. And, I mean, it's been ongoing for so long. Like, you're reclaiming slut and all of that, and... I think it's important not to conflate slut and whore and hoe. Yeah. Because those are very different things. Slut is cool to say. Slut is fine. You can use it. It's a civvy term. You don't have to, like, perform sex work to use the word slut. And I don't know why people feel like they have to use hoe and whore as opposed to slut. Because it does essentially the same. Yeah. The same kind of work that you really are trying to say with whore and hoe. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's like just say like reclaim skank or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like why are you stepping in this? This is like why are you getting into this? Um, I mean, it's it's really complicated because ho is like specifically. I want to say it just belongs to black full service sex workers, mm-hmm. black female full service sex workers to be specific, mm-hmm. and then like whore. Or white people can say it. You can say it if you're a sex worker. Mm-hmm. White sex workers can claim whore. I also did a little bit of like etymology. Oh, you actually have something on this specific topic too. Yes, I do. And then I was going to go into prostitute after that. 
So um, it's not the best rundown, and I got this from edamonline.com, obviously a very accurate website <laughs> um, for etymology. So 1530s spelling alteration of... Um, so whore came from a 1530s spelling alteration of the Middle English whore, spelled H-O-R-E, from Old English whore, also known as a prostitute or harlot. There's um, Proto-Germanic, Quran, feminine, and hora. Um, and then there, there's some connection to like the word fornication, fornication, and hora for adulteress. It's kind of like cross-European. Whore has like a bunch of origins that all boil down to prostitute, but also adulterer and fornicator previously. Um, and also there's the, the connection to the verb horanon, uh, which probably etymologically goes, boils down to one who desires. Um, and so whore itself is probably, or is perhaps, perhaps, okay? A Germanic euphemism for a word that has not survived. The Old English vowel naturally would have yielded hoor, which is the pronunciation in some dialects. <laughs> it might have shifted by influence from Middle English, a homonym whore, H-O-R-E, so physical filth or slime. Also, moral corruption, sin, from the Old English, H-O-R-H. So the WH form became current in the 16th century. Wow, that's still a long time ago. Which is a general term of abuse for an unchaste or lewd woman without regard to money. But uh, from at least circa 1200, yeah. So, so the word and its derivative is now avoided in polite speech. Its survival in literature, so as it survives, is due to the fact that it was a favorite word of Shakespeare, who uses it with its derivatives 99 times. Oh. Shakespeare, man or men or peoples, <laughs> big fan of the whore. Um, and it's common in the authorized English version of the Bible, although sometimes it's switched out with uh, the substitution harlot in American revisions. So that's not very conclusive. Mm-hmm. But... There is some general understanding that we can take from this. <laughs> mm, yeah. And whatever its etymological roots are, we have a contemporary understanding of what a horror is. Mm-hmm. And there are feather sites, and I will return to this and have a corrections mansion to discuss mm. the contemporary origins of the word horror. But I think that it's important that we recognize that horror specifically refers to sex workers, people who sell full-service sex work, not just people who provide partial service. I think it's also important that we kind of state that full-service doesn't necessarily have to mean intercourse. I think intercourse Mm. is just one version of sex. You mean penis and... Penis and vagina. Or butt. Or butt. Yeah, sodomy. (laughs) Um, But it's, yeah, penis and butt, but... um, Yeah, because, okay, and also all of these sorts of definitions 
not to be like this is the definition because of like you know racism can't be dictionary defined Mm -hmm. but I think horror is like a little different but it all says a person who engages in sexual intercourse for pay or a prostitute or like um, person who engages in promiscuous sex for money or Mm -hmm. a prostitute it's important that there's money involved it's an exchange for money yeah so I think that that can mean hand jobs blow jobs finger fucking um, a variety of other sex, not just penis and vagina, because that's a little bit exclusionary, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Totally. <laughs> you can provide full-service sex oh, work yeah. to also queer like, people. Uh, also, I guess, like, strap-ons and... Strap-ons, yeah. If yeah, but that would also, like, involve, like, penetration. Oh, well, no, I'm just meaning, like... Um it isn't exclusive full service is also not exclusively just i guess like that sort of like that visual i guess of like phallus inside of orifice i guess whatever yeah, uh, yeah. of <laughs> not... what is sex is the question we've come to <laughs> and here we are trying to define it <laughs> well i mean it's all sex acts these are all sex acts What's important is that people who are not sex workers should not be using the word whore. Just replace it with slut. Like, you're going to have, like, your slutty phase. You're about to go get slutty. Go slut it up. Like, I think it's important to stay in your fucking lane. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, like, there's just no need. And this is, like, similarly, like, I have... I had, like, guy friends who like to just be like, yeah, I'm with my bitches or, like, whatever. Yeah, it's like men should not ever use the word bitches. (laughs) Yeah, like, you don't need to. You could say anything else. And it's (laughs) like you just don't understand the amount of violence that has been inflicted with that word if you're a man using it. Like, yeah, like, maybe one of your friends called you a bitch and it hurt your feelings, but it's not like you felt, like, that real, like, fear and threat of violence in a constant daily way from that word and it's not like as though it's been used in a way to sort of like take away your like humanity or like your validity like Mm -hmm. just like um yeah yeah it's not a dehumanizing term for you in the same way like it's it's only dehumanizing in the sense that it feminizes or something Yeah, you become the feminized and there's still all of that stigma behind it like it's like whenever you're calling someone a bitch it's like for you're like articulating a specific type of like thing about that person like maybe they're bossy or like Mm -hmm. but it's assertive yeah or they haven't done exactly what you wanted them to do they didn't just acquiesce to your demands or whatever yeah they didn't present in a way that you're comfortable with yeah and like i like, even if you're calling a, a man a bitch or something, like... It's really, you're just, like, using that term to, like, feminize them as if, like, being a woman or being in, you know, being the feminized other is enough, but is bad. It's just, like, inherently a derogatory statement. Yeah. So it's, like... And my guy friends who were saying, like, that they were also using bitch as like a derogatory thing like oh she was such a bitch i was like dude what you can't use bitch they a lot of times they'll be like oh i only use it in a positive way but then like as soon as like some woman crosses them or whatever like they're like fucking bitch like why does she have to act like a bitch so then you just like acknowledge that it is a derogatory term and even if like you're like 
girlfriends or whatever are saying like yeah I'm with my bitches like that's for them to reappropriate but it's like it's like if you were the um, white non-black person in a group of black people and the black people were like Oh, my yeah, niggas. I'm with my niggas, yeah. You don't go off and be like, yeah, my niggas. Like, that's not yours. Yeah, and if you ever have a moment where you feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be saying this, like, where that word can cause you discomfort, then it's probably not your word. Mm-hmm. Although some people don't have that kind of, they don't. like, insight into themselves. Some people or have not analyzed awareness. at all. They've just yeah. been like, this is it. <laughs> They've just gone through life like, la-di-da-di-da, let me just drop the N-word. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that thought was an acronym for that hoe over there. Ever. You didn't know that? No. It just came into my vernacular as thought. No. It's um that hoe over there, initially. So what do we think of that? I mean, thought, it's so complicated. It's like, hoe definitely belongs to black women. Yeah. But does it only belong to black sex worker women? That's a question Mm -hmm. that I don't fully have answers to, much in the same way that if, like, they can say ho, they can they say thought, because they did make thought. I mean, uh, black women should have ownership of thought. But it's just, it's so complicated, and I don't have a simple, definitive answer. I'm not going to be fully didactic about it, because... I think a lot of our understandings of language and politics and woke culture is like evolving and we're creating things as we go along and like yeah. understanding things in new ways all the time. And I think that women thought that they had a right at one point to reclaim the word whore because it is hurled at women, mm-hmm. but it's like... It is a gendered term, for And sure. it's, it's like the discussion around like sex work, I think, is like, it's often erased yeah it's erased from the conversation kind of in a similar way to like white people specifically white women talking about the wage gap often erases all of the intersections of you know racial aspects and ability and queerness and Mm -hmm. broad access questions so it's like that erasure is definitely harmful to this bigger conversation that we're trying to have yeah um I did have something else, too. Okay. Okay, so this is maybe a controversial take. Controversial take time. I want to have, like, a a segment, the sound for that. So, Bimbocracy, who I follow on Tumblr, um, talks about emotional labor, and then I'm going to, like, tie this back into sex work. Um, So... Um, She said, perhaps it's an incomplete and short-sighted take to suggest that all labor must inherently be paid labor to count as labor. And then there's the, um, this emoji. Oh, the stroking your chin thoughtfully emoji. Especially in a society that places immensely more literal value on the work men, men do than the work women do. Just a thought. Like, yes, I agree people have been bastardizing and misusing the term, quote, emotional labor ever since it reintegrated into the pop feminist framework of thought in 2015. Um, No, I really do not think it is at all helpful or progressive or even neutral to respond to that by suggesting that emotional labor is necessarily paid or else it's not labor. The entire heart of the movement that brought that concept once again to the forethought of the general feminist consciousness was that the labor women do is historically, traditionally, systemically, deliberately unpaid or underpaid. 
Responding to that by reverting to the idea that labor must necessarily be paid to be labor, counterproductive. Like, the system is literally set up so that women's work, child rearing, household chores, homemaking, emotional labor, e.g. emotionally caring for their husbands in ways that are not reciprocated, is unpaid while men's work is having a job. It's set up this way specifically so that men control the money, which means they in turn control the entire family's access to health, safety, resources, etc. To say emotional labor must be paid to be labor is to reinforce this system, the very system we are trying to break down when we use the term emotional labor. Hmm. Um, I like this anti-capitalist hot take. Yeah, I love bimbocracy. Um, And then in a post following that, I didn't get a screenshot. I was so far down in her blog that I can't go back that far without taking like an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, She was, I guess, like in addition saying, I mean, she's a sex worker herself to Mm -hmm. preface um, and she does like various uh, sex works and has been for a long time. Um, But she talks about um, that she thinks that women are generally doing sex work a lot of the times Mm -hmm. like in exchange for like basic resources and like the way that people say like um you're performing sex wife as a or sex work as a wife you know like to gain access to certain things like say you're a stay-at-home mom you like trade sex for different things or whatever yeah so yeah I mean I do think that there is this like real blurred line and like we can't have like a strict binary divide between like people who just do sex work and that that being accepting money for sexual services I think that it's more nuanced and it's more complicated and it is evolving as we evolve yeah so you're not going to get any clear-cut answers no. from, <laughs> from Selena and Clover on something this. Something to pick around. But something to, yeah, just uh, the, the, and that, stick oh, under your cap. And that she was asserting that there's just such a big separatist ideology with, like, um, women who don't identify as sex workers, um, and that that is also just... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that. That's also toxic in its own way. and Because it's like the labor of women in these situations, and they're like, I'm not doing sex work because there is no money involved, but it's mm-hmm. interesting whenever there kind of is. Mm-hmm. Or like, but in an indirect way. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's very real. It's kind of like how sometimes clients are like, people who will be like, um, so like guys want to be my sugar daddy or something and then I'll be like well I like want this or that and they'll be like oh that's fine like I've come to realize as I've gotten older that like what you consider to be a sugar dating is what previously we just called having a girlfriend oh. <laughs> <laughs> like providing allowances and buying large gifts oh. and stuff like that like buy her a car buy her very nice bags things yeah. like that the terms have changed, but the practice has been around. Mm-hmm. I mean, completely. It's like, like because I think there was such a. It happened that um, women entered the workforce, but were not being compensated similarly to men. But because they could enter the workforce, they were. It was just like, okay, well now we don't need to provide for them because mm-hmm. like everything's fine. But it's like, uh, 
Wage gap. Wage gap. (laughs) (laughs) Take me on a date. (laughs) (laughs) Buy my dinner. Yes. Yes. It became this informal trade system, like a barter system. Yeah. Like, not saying that... um, that the repair is that we uh, repick that up or like I mean for now it is though yeah yeah I mean it's still going on but (laughs) yeah like I guess I just mean like until we fix the wage gap buy me my dinners (laughs) support my living in the city awesome all right guys uh, it's time for a commercial break I love cuddling my husband but I hate it when he breathes in my face I have to angle away my face or set up a blanket barrier to keep his breath away from me. I wish there was a better way. Now there is a better way. From the makers of Fart in the Other Direction comes Don't Breathe on Me, a flexible face shield to keep his breath off of you. Don't Breathe on Me is a comfortable microfiber visor that wraps around your forehead and creates an impenetrable shield for unwanted nighttime breath. No more blanket barriers or craning your neck away uncomfortably. You can wear the visor or you can have your partner with the offensive breath wear our patented breath shield technology. Simply Velcro Don't Breathe On Me around your head, shape the flexible visor to contour a dome shape around your face, and enjoy a full night of uninterrupted slumber. Get your Don't Breathe On Me now, and if you place your order in the next 30 seconds, we'll throw in a second one for free. That's right, two for the price of one, but you must call now. Call 0897665432 immediately. I like that you kind of design these products a little bit. Like, you think about the logistics <laughs> of it. <and> like, <laughs> we, I just like, we have, like, very com- different commercial styles. Yeah. And um, they bring different things to the table. So, I don't have a commercial, but I do have a concept. Awesome. Um... Do you, do you have any, like, cringe sex moments or fail sex? Have you ever, like, had, like, a really weird sexual encounter? It's a good question. Um, I've had, like, really bad sex, but cringe sex is, like, a different category. Yeah. Hmm. Well, maybe you're just, like, you're always on... No, I'm it. just not very, like, um, embarrassed. <laughs> like... Like, I've, I've been, like, having sex with somebody, and um, afterwards, and I was, like, very heavily on my period, like, a lot of blood, <laughs> and <laughs> I did not care, like, I didn't feel bad whenever he went down on me or anything, and then afterwards, I, like, stood up, and, like, a giant blood clot, like, dropped out of my vagina, <laughs> <laughs> and it was fine. I didn't feel bad about it. He was just like, oh, you weren't kidding, <laughs> but it was, um, see, no shame about that. Yeah, no. I actually intentionally did it, because I wanted to get blood on his bed, and it was some witchcraft, so there we go. Really? <laughs> Wait, really? Yes, I was like, I'm marking your bed forever now. Oh, my God. Mm, one of my friends has a lot of period sex, so they've invested. They were they have white sheets. Mm. And um, I was talking about how I have, like, a blood stain on my bed now mm-hmm. on accident. And they were like, they just casually walked away and came back to our... Um, FaceTime with like this bottle of stuff. It was like, yeah, um, well, you should just get this on Amazon. It's really, really effective. Um, I've had blood. 
yeah, removing blood from their white sheets. They're like, um, they were like, yeah, I've had like absolute like pools of blood, puddles of blood. I was like, wow, low key, <laughs> high key slutty. Really good of you. Great. Yes. <laughs> um, amazing though. So, I mean, they could. Did you want to go into your cringe? Okay. Yeah. I've had a cringe sex experience a while back. Um, uh, so this was this is my cringiest moment. Okay. It was a FaceTime sex experience. Oh, nice. Um, because it was sort of just like a like friend, and we were just like chatting at some point, and we were like, let's have like FaceTime sex. Mm-hmm. And so then we went through all of these like troubles. Um, <laughs> we're, we were both like film majors uh-huh. so we were like let's get this like good so we both like set up our lighting <laughs> and I was like we can probably double angle this because we were FaceTiming on our laptops so then we FaceTimed on our phones too wow that's impressive and um, you're like we need two angles well it's because it's hard to get like my vagina in the shot as well as my face accurately because with a laptop it's it'll like, distort it yeah it'll distort it and it's like you can if you want to have like a full vag shot you kind of have to compromise your face shot that's true and so um we did all of this and i would like to say that there were a lot of things in place that made this okay so we were going about it i was like yeah i'm fucking into this because i was so horny i was ovulating and um and I was like, it's pretty hot too. Like I can tell I'm hot because I'm holding the phone up to my face and my vagina's right there. But they were like, you should mute your um, laptop mic and switch to your phone mic because it's closer to your face and that's like cooler. That makes sense. And so um, I did that, but it meant that I could not see my vagina in the screen anymore mm-hmm. because it blacks it out and puts like a mic over, mic mute sign oh. over. <laughs> um, and so at some point, like, I think, so I started my period in the middle of this. Did not notice. Wait, 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 but you said you were ovulating. <laughs> I Well, then I wasn't ovulating. I was just horny <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that doesn't line up. So I, th- I thought I was ovulating because I didn't expect my period for like another week and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, it came early and I curse the flow app anyway i'm gonna sue them someday for this experience (laughs) for the cringe and so because i didn't notice the whole time at some point they kind of like stopped for a second and i thought it was because their roommate just came home because it was like at that same moment but i think that they were processing that i was suddenly bleeding (laughs) and like they had i've never myself seen myself start my period it's always (laughs) unbeknownst to me suddenly i am starting my period but this person has seen the miracle of that like (laughs) up fucking close they've watched it happen Uh. but um it was i'm not period shy but i am shy about just not being prepared about it not being prepared and having that moment be seen and like unexpected and like blood was slowly crusting up my hand too oh. so it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't hot you know <laughs> so i just god i hate that moment when i think about it oh, and god. at the end of it i was crying and they were like it's seriously fine like it was still hot i'm like <laughs> we both know it wasn't you were just too <laughs> awkward to say anything we both know it wasn't 
Um, so that's my cringe period sex moment. Wow. Well, I'm glad that we got that in. Speaking of which, I'm on my period. Hey. Hey. Me too. Hey. Hey. All right, you guys. Well, that's been an episode of Velvet <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, where can we find you, Clover? Um, find me. <laughs> where can we find you, Selena? <laughs> Well, it's funny you would ask that. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Pretty Boy Girl. You can support this project on Patreon at The Real Pretty Boy Girl. You can, you know what? Email us if you feel so inclined. How in the know at gmail.com. Um, we have more guests lined up. We have much more content on the way. But we are taking a little holiday break. So thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, we'll catch you later. Catch on the flip side, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. More money. I want your money. I want more money. 